Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Talk Epilepsy podcast, brought to you by Epilepsy Scotland. My name is David and I am the Communications Officer at Epilepsy Scotland. Today's podcast focuses on epilepsy and sport. We will be talking to some elite sportsmen and women asking how they compete at the highest level whilst managing their epilepsy. Later, we will be talking to professional golfer Jane Turner and former NFL guard Alan Fenneker. But first, I talked to British 200m champion Beth Dobbin on how she felt when she was diagnosed with epilepsy and her Olympic aspirations. However, first I asked how she got into athletics. Um, so I was a really sporty child, uh, loved sport when I was younger and my dad, um, he used to play football and he retired quite late. Um, so I just remember when he, when I was younger, he was really, really active around the house, um, always doing exercise. And then I started to go for runs with him on a weekend and kind of got into athletics through the long distance route. And I pestered him to take me down to the athletics club. And then he did when I was a te- teenager and I just absolutely loved it from there. Uh, when were you first diagnosed with epilepsy and how did you feel when you were diagnosed? So I was 14 when I was first diagnosed, um, so I had quite a huge seizure at school um, and it was quite a big seizure seizure, and I lost um, the movement temporarily from one side of my body um, and I remember when I was diagnosed I just didn't really understand what it was. I knew this awful thing had happened to me and you know it was quite a dramatic day at school and I had quite a few days in hospital after that um, and it just changed a lot of things in my life so I was then put on medication um, and you know just just felt like this traumatic thing had happened and, and my life had changed from it. We always say that epilepsy is more than seizures um, do you feel that's been your experience? Oh, 100%. Um, like, even though the seizure really, really bad and, and it was an awful experience to go through them, for me, the worst part about epilepsy is kind of how it plays on your mind and, and worries you about a seizure striking. Um, and even just this morning, I was uh, driving to the track and I kind of felt a little spasm in my neck and then I'm just, you're just in a panic for like the rest of the day because you're thinking, was that something to do with it? Because um, when my th- seizure first started, that was one of the first things I had. I was having like neck spasms and twitches of my neck. So for me, even though I've not had a seizure in so long and I'm, I've came off my medication, it still doesn't ever go away. You still, every day almost, you, you think about it and you worry, you know, will one strike today? Am I a bit stressed out at the moment? Does that mean one's going to happen? And because I, I didn't really know why my epilepsy came on and what caused it, I think that's created a lot of anxiety as well because you don't then know if, if you're doing something that could um, potentially cause another seizure to happen. Uh, how did it feel to become British 200 metre champion uh, given and breaking a 34 year old Scottish record given everything that you've still been through um, with your epilepsy diagnosis? It was just a dream come true, really. I didn't see myself going on to become the athlete that I have. I think 
every year I've just done my athletics because I enjoy it you know it's it's something that I've always done and I, I wanted to continue but I never really saw myself having the success that I did especially from where I've came from and because of the whole ep having epilepsy and and being on medication as a teenager my performances were quite affected by that so I wasn't running particularly quick when I was younger and I think my medication helped me back quite a lot so for me it's been really nice to come off my medication and and then kind of feel a lot more like myself and and then be able to go on and and put in some good performances and and kind of do well in my athletics but I do know other athletes that are still on medication that that um can manage that as well so I don't necessarily think it's a case of oh you need to be off medication to do well in sport but for me the medication I was on it came with a lot of side effects and I know it definitely affected my performances because as soon as I came off it I could I could see a difference in my performances. How do you sort of manage epilepsy as well as competing at the highest level? Um, for me, my epilepsy is like really under control at the moment. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not on medication anymore. Um, but I think it's just up for peace of mind. It's just a case of um, it, it actually goes in quite quite hand in hand with athletics because I always think like the basic things can just keep you healthy anyway. So kind of trying to sleep um, the right amount for you and and trying to eat a healthy diet and and trying to manage stress levels. They're something that stuff that I do to kind of give myself peace of mind that you know I'm, I'm doing everything I can to try and help myself to keep myself healthy and whether that's you know preventing seizures or you know just preventing injury and athletics it it kind of goes hand in hand I feel. Uh, what are your aspirations uh, for the future? Um, so definitely want to go to this year's Olympics oh. obviously it was really devastating um the olympics getting cancelled last year um but obviously it's it's been an awful time and and think awful things have happened these past um 12 months but i'm really hoping that uh, this summer the olympics can go ahead and athletes have kind of had what they do taken away from them i know so many other people have had things taken away from them as well but it, i think it would just be really nice for everyone to to kind of see the biggest sporting um, event that we ever have um back on this year and even if that's behind closed closed doors I, I know athletes just want to get back on the track so yeah for me becoming an olympian is is definitely at the top of my priority list uh, what would you say to someone who has been recently diagnosed or is, is struggling with their epilepsy? Um, I would say that it will always get better and I think from my perspective it was um, a bad bad time and it kind of had to get worse before it gets better um, but there will be a time where you find um, medication that works for you or just different ways that you learn to cope with you know the anxiety of having a seizure or the worry worry around it all um, and it will get better in time it's just it might just take a bit of patience to kind of find the right medication for you because I know a lot of people um, struggle with finding a medication that actually works for them um, and as well coping mechanisms um, it might take a bit of time to find what works for you to help you deal with it um, but just be patient it will get better and it 
can be helped by having a, a really good support network around you, really good friends and family to kind of talk about things with and and you know if you're worried about anything don't hesitate to discuss it with them because I think that's where I went wrong I bottled everything up and, and was too embarrassed to tell everyone but actually when I did people were so supportive so understanding and I almost felt like why didn't I do this sooner next up I talked to Super Bowl winner Alan Fineca on how he managed his epilepsy whilst playing high-level sport and how he felt about playing a contact sport like American football I'm living with epilepsy. First of all, I began by asking how he felt when he was diagnosed. 15 years old, I was a freshman in high school. Uh, I had my first seizure uh, Christmas Eve uh, that year. And uh, it was kind of like a nightmare, just running around scared and crying. Um, shortly after that, uh, we went and found out and learned that I was uh, diagnosed with epilepsy from a neurologist uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, what challenges have you faced and how have you overcome them? Um, you know, it's, uh, I'm very fortunate that uh, I've, uh, you know, as long as I'm on my medication, that I'm, uh, uh, I'm seizure-free and I'm good. Uh, you know, I take my medicine three times a day and uh, stick to it. But, you know, early on, it was definitely a lot of challenges dealing with uh, uh, being in high school and uh, dealing with just normal teenager life stuff and, uh, you know, trying to uh, live my life as normal as I could and uh, still uh, be just normal Alan that I wanted to be. Yeah. How did you get into playing football? Uh, you know, I was playing football around uh, eight years old and uh, just uh, really got into it. And I was really into all the sports, uh, basketball, football and baseball and uh, track as a young guy. So uh, sports was very much a thing of mine and uh, just uh, just always loved playing. Uh, were you worried about sort of playing a contact sport uh, after your epilepsy diagnosis? You know, I was at first initially, you know, once we got past, uh, you know, what this meant to, to my life, you know, what, what's this mean going forward with uh, just regular everyday life? Uh, you know, then we started moving on to the, you know, stuff about sports and football specific and uh, my doctor was, you know, very, very quick to say, you're good, man. Go ahead and do it and chase your dreams and go for it. And uh, I was a little surprised and, you know, I had to double check and make sure and say, hey, doc, you, you know what football is, right? Uh, and um, uh, he said, yep, I know. Go for it, man. Don't stop dreaming and uh, go for it. So when he said that, I was like, all right, let's let's do it. You know, I got I got the OK from him and uh, I could keep doing it. And it was I was excited. Yeah, how did you sort of manage your epilepsy um, when you were playing? You know, uh, always staying top of my medicine, always carrying it with me, um, you know, making sure all of, uh, you know, the team doctors and teammates, you know, are very open about it, letting everybody know uh, in case, you know, in case it was just me and my buddy in the hallway, right? He knows, he knows what's going on and what to do and uh, just kind of always had a plan of action, really. Uh, how did it feel so winning the Super Bowl in 2006 um, after given what you sort of went through with your epilepsy and sort of lifting that Vince Lombardi trophy? Amazing, amazing journey. Uh, uh, but definitely, you know, they, they, that 15-year-old kid who's, you know, not really sure what life holds ahead. And then, you know, you flash forward and all of a sudden here I am holding the Super Bowl trophy and I'm, uh, you know, I'm screaming on the field. And, uh, you know, I still see pictures of that today. And, uh, 
hair on the back of my neck uh, stands up. So uh, just exciting and uh, just a, a crazy journey when you think about it from point A to point B. The, you recently were announced that you were elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, how did you feel when you, you got received that honour? <laughs> uh, excited. I was really excited, man. I've been waiting for a couple of years to, to get the, the knock, as we call it. And um, just uh, excited and um, to be in that group, you know, when you hear it's this exciting, amazing thing, and then they sit you down and you get the orientation and you realize how select a few that there are about around the, the vast numbers of people that have ever played football in this little tiny group. And, and all of a sudden you're inside of it. Um, you know, it still hasn't completely hit me yet. Do you feel there was still sort of stigma surrounding epilepsy? You know, I think, I think there is, but I think it comes from, uh, you know, ignorance or not understanding, uh, you know, what it, what it is and what it means. You know, I think, uh, I think about that a lot when I, when I get a chance to, to, to talk to people or talk to kids, you know, just to, to talk about all those things and throw them out there on the table and like, just to try to dispel the myth and to let everybody know that, you know, we're okay and it's all right. And, um, you know, it's, we're not selling movie tickets here. You know, this is, this is real life stuff and everything's going to be fine. It's just, uh, no reason to, to treat me or anybody else with epilepsy any differently. You know, I, I always say, you know, epilepsy is, is part of who I am, but it's not who I am. What would you say to someone who has been recently diagnosed with epilepsy? You know, I would say, listen to your doctors, you know, uh, lean on your family and your friends and it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. You know, lean on those two groups right there and uh, talk to people and you're going to find your way out of it. You're going to find your own plan and your own path for your own life. Finally, I chatted to professional golfer Jane Turner. Jane was diagnosed with epilepsy in 2012. I talked to her about how she felt and how she has gone on to become a professional golfer. Firstly, I asked how she got into playing golf. It's a, a bit of an odd one for me compared to a lot of others because, to be honest, I didn't actually want to play. Oh. I, um, my brother's three years older than me and they he used to go on Sunday mornings with my dad's and my grandpa to go and play I used to I don't I don't want to go what I, I don't want to play so I used to go up to to my granny's and uh, she actually taught me how to to bake and cook <laughs> instead so I don't actually know what happened I must have gone one morning and thought oh, this is all right I can I can do this I like this and I guess it just happened from then onwards. It's not, it's not so much like it is now where, you know, kids are coming in at four or five years old and they're fantastic. When I first started, um, we didn't actually join the club until you're 10 years old. Oh. So I was already playing by then, but we couldn't join and get handicaps until I was 10. So got in at 10 and then just took off from there. You first diagnosed um, with epilepsy. How did you feel when you were first diagnosed? I didn't have my first seizure until uh, 2012. So at that, and that was in July. 
so at that time I was 22 years old so it just came completely out of the blue and it was at in the evening as well because I'd been at the gym with my friend we came back I was making dinner I went through to the porch to tell my dad that his dinner was ready and the rest of it I can't tell you I can only tell you from what everyone else saw and told me but apparently I just spoke like muffled out gobbledygook rather than telling him his dinner was ready and then just collapsed on the floor having a full-blown seizure um ended up in I think first responders came and then ambulance took me into Amy. Uh, I timed it right because the next morning was when the consultants were having a check-in for people with epilepsy. So <laughs> the next morning <laughs> my mom took me back in and I saw the consultant they sent me for MRI scans. I found out I've got a brain tumour. So that's not something you expect to hear. Um, it's not cancerous. It's only a tiny little thing. And it's called a DNET, D-N-E-T. And um, it's been there all my life. So a... I don't know how much other people know about them, but it's just a little clump of cells that don't separate when you're developing in the womb. So they told me that the majority of people that have that kind of brain tumour, they actually get their epilepsy when they're just small children. Yeah. Or they might go their whole life without even knowing they've got one because nothing happens, so they've no reason to get a scan. Um, so that was a <laughs> that was a strange one to hear for sure but I, I just had to take it from there they could tell me straight off that it's definitely epilepsy and like probably the majority of the public which is unfortunate uh, I didn't know anything about epilepsy so I had no idea what was going on, uh, which was quite scary, really. And because I didn't know anything about it, I just had just, I, I just didn't know anything. And it, I, I was quite embarrassed by it because I just assume it's just this strange strange thing and people have seizures and I was quite for fortunate that uh, the consultants I have the medication they put me on the first one they put me on actually worked so I know a lot of people come on and off gradually until they get one that works for them but the first one they gave me actually worked we then had to up that a, a year or so later with a second medication which made it work even better so I guess I kind of got a bit lucky 
there <laughs> but I was I was and because of this these assumptions that people make about it that and other people's reactions to finding out about it that's what made me the most embarrassed and in some ways ashamed by having it because you just you just go off what other people tell you is happening about you even when they're not someone that knows anything about it you just take what other people tell you and I guess that wasn't my smartest move <laughs> I learned that <laughs> um but yeah it was something that I was quite ashamed by at the time so I only told I, my family and my close friends and then I, because of my golf and because at that time I was already playing in I, Scottish and British teams um, I had to tell the national golf uh, federations at the time they were at SLGA I had to tell them about it obviously in case anything were to to happen but that was it I would just refuse to tell anyone else because of these assumptions that people make yeah. and the embarrassment that that brought with it I just didn't want to tell anyone yeah did you get any support from the sort of Scottish federations or no <laughs> it's probably not my uh, place to to name names and things but at the time I don't know if it's what actually happened or just because of the feelings you were getting from it um, and the mindset that brings with it but I felt like I was being pushed away and pushed out of teams sort of thing just because in some ways, I feel like they're a bit scared by it and by what might happen to you. But again, it's because they don't know anything about it. Um, so I just had to take it and <laughs> keep keep going, I guess. Um, but I don't know how much they know now or things. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> They only work with amateur golfers now as well, so I have no interaction with say, anything like that, or university golf either. Um, obviously, by that time, by 22, I'd already graduated out of university. Uh, how difficult was it when you were diagnosed, uh, just as you, you were one of the top amateur golfers in Scotland? And yeah to turn professional how did you overcome those challenges well uh literally i think the most difficult thing about it was you lose your driving license yeah. you have a seizure you lose your driving license that's that's it um and having to get yourself to tournaments uh, <laughs> with suitcases and golf clubs without being able to drive that just doesn't happen yeah. <laughs> so um i was quite fortunate that the um that my family and 
my friends who the majority of my friends are also golfers so they were really helpful in uh, driving me to places the the club that I actually the golf club that I played out of when I was first diagnosed uh, it's called Craigie Law it's only uh, maybe 30 minute drive from my house but it took two buses and about two hours 20 minutes to get to that course so I it just wasn't possible so I actually moved my base to a course that's only maybe 15 minutes from my house and I can get a bus to there as well if I have to and it was just a lot easier and I'd played there as a junior as well so it wasn't it wasn't a problem for me but that that was for sure the most difficult uh, thing about it and being people being very judgmental when you get on a bus in the winter with snow around you with a set of golf clubs (laughs) and people looking at you like where is she going what is she doing um it wouldn't be the first comment comment you got I actually never found out for over a year that losing your driving license through epilepsy you get a free bus pass so I I paid a lot of money for bus fares (laughs) but once they gave me my bus pass it's it is a disabled bus pass and I think you get funny looks by a few of the drivers when you scan your bus pass but there is one bus driver I scanned my bus pass he turned around looked me up and down how did you get that you're not disabled so (laughs) wow (laughs) I was like that's none of your business um, and I think maybe only a couple of months after that, there's someone had put up on, I can't remember if it was Twitter or Instagram, who had had the same reaction from a bus driver. And I said, oh, yeah, that happened to me. And uh, Lothian buses that run the buses around me, they were, they private messaged me and they wanted to know exactly what bus what time because they were furious that someone had responded in that kind of way um so it is nice to know that they are a little more supportive (laughs) but um for sure for sure turning getting my epilepsy at that level of golf that was the most difficult and also the reactions that you got from from people once they found out and um I was quite lucky that when I had turned professional you know you usually travel with at least one other professional a golfer so that was okay because one of the girls would just drive the higher car sort of thing so that made that a bit easier but yeah it was it was a strange one, but you know, just kind of took it running and just got to get on with it, I guess. Did you imagine that 
when you were first diagnosed with epilepsy that you would go on to become a professional golf golfer, uh, play on the ladies' European tour, uh, and win professional golf tournaments? Uh, yes and no. I knew it was what I wanted to do. Yeah. When I was first diagnosed, that was in 2012, and that was my final year as an amateur I and because it was most my most successful one it made me know that you know I I can do this it's it's not going to be a massive problem for me uh, and again it was just because of the people that I had around me and the team I had around me in terms of like my my coaches and things I just knew that I, it was going to be difficult for the outside people how they took it, but I knew that it, it was going to be okay. I just had to, to get on with it. And, you know, you always hope that you're going to win your tournaments and things. Um, so when I won my first professional tournament in 2000 and 17 the pride that came with that was just massive yeah. and you know everyone's obviously proud when they win their first turn and things but for me it just came even more because of the the past that i had in me over the last few years you feel like awareness days like purple day um are to help so raise awareness and against uh, stigma against epilepsy? I think they're huge because I mean I said that when I first got diagnosed I knew barely anything about it. All I knew was that stigma that people have about epilepsy. So Purple Day it's it's huge and uh, it was actually uh, it would have been the year after I turned professional it was when Epilepsy Action they approached me to ask me if I would launch it into the papers that on Purple Day yeah. that I had epilepsy and I was still turned professional and I was still succeeding in my sport and that at that time nobody knew about my epilepsy because I'd been too embarrassed to tell people so that purple day was massive for me because it was what sent it out to the public and I think it is really important for people to know about it to know more about it and I think I, I've managed to get a, the Ladies European Tour and the Ladies European Tour Access Series when it's been Purple Day. I've had a couple of times they've put out an article about my epilepsy and the fact that it's Purple Day. Um, and I've had a lot of the girls come back to me and say, I, oh, I didn't even know you had epilepsy. Well, there you go. <laughs> I do, and I actually try and wear. It's a little bit cheesy, but on the final day of the tournaments, I try and wear like a purple t-shirt. 
mm. <laughs> because to to tell everyone about the purple and yeah it's it's like how tiger always wears red on his final day i try and wear a purple <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah you just is i don't know how people know the number of people that come to me and you know there is this stigma about it and things and they'd be like but what about flashing lights don't flashing lights affect you they affect anyone that's got epilepsy no not me so there was one time someone asked me and i said you know what i'm gonna go and google this i googled and i don't know how correct it is because i've looked at it a couple of times since and it's something like three percent yeah. of people with epilepsy are affected by the flashing uh, flashing lights so you tell someone that and they're like oh oh okay like, it just kind of proves the point of how little uh, people know yeah and trying to spread the word about it i think is something that's really important and is very important to me myself and something that i try and try and do on my website on my social media uh, in interviews as well and just sometimes I talk about it in my speeches after I've won the tournament sort of thing just try and put it out there try and tell people that's good yeah <laughs> I try <laughs> what are your sort of aspirations for the future the same as any professional golfer you just you want to win the tournaments i want to win a tournament that's gonna put me onto the ladies european tour and be successful on that tour right now as it stands i've won a tournament on the ladies european tour access series i don't know how many people that listen to this are going to know about how much they'll know about golf um and women's golf especially but it's like one step down from the ladies european tour the same as the challenge tour is for the men's so i've won on there and i've won two tournaments now on the sunshine ladies tour which is based out in south africa so that's actually where I was meant to be as of about two weeks ago. Uh, but that's been postponed. So our first tournament on that tour is now meant to be in the first week in April. So hopefully I can get myself out there. <laughs> I need to not cancel my flights and get myself out to South Africa and playing successfully on that tour. And that should then proceed into back into Europe over the summer from I think the end of May to November. Mm -hmm. uh, finally, what would you say to someone who has been recently diagnosed with epilepsy? Uh, just to keep as strong as possible and to keep the your family around you or your your friends around you not to push them away i think that's something that's very easy to do is just to go and 
hide yourself away because of that kind of stigma that comes with it. You just need to keep strong and learn as much as you can. I think I learned a fair bit from phoning the charity uh, helpline that you guys have and speaking to some of the, the people on there or the nurses as well. And just remember to take your medication on time. <laughs> because that's what's affected me massively. So don't do, don't forget. That's, that's a big one. <laughs> but yeah, just keep as strong as you can and just get through it. Little, you know, you'll get your medication to work, you'll get your consultants to help you. There is help there. You just need to, to take it on. That is all we have time for today. A big thank you to Beth, Alan and Jane for taking the time to talk to me and share their experiences of loving with epilepsy. We hope they have inspired you. For more information on epilepsy, please go to our website at epilepsyscotland.org.uk. Our next podcast will be in May during National Epilepsy Week. Keep an eye on our social media pages for more info. Until then, thanks for listening.